Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. And now, here's this week's guest. Today on the Live Healthy podcast, we have Jessie A. Kister. She's a Dubai-based fitness coach who launched the Shiro Life, a platform for women she's going to tell us all about. Um, welcome, Jessie. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm curious, first of all, how did you get arrive in the UAE and what brought you to fitness? Because you didn't start out in fitness. No. Um, so like a lot of people, I came out here actually as cabin crew. Um, I was fresh faced 22 year old, um, over 14 years ago now. And, uh, I did the normal Dubai life thing. I went all in, partied a lot, did all the brunches, uh, did not look after myself. And of course, working shift work, um, I put on quite a bit of weight um, and I did the, the flying and then I had a few career changes. But um, while I was then private flying a few years later, I put my back out on a flight. Um, and while I was in like a lot of pain um, and it was a, like a two week trip. We were flying every day with a VIP and a full aircraft. And I was on very strong painkillers trying to get through um, and survive the trip. And I remember getting back and going directly to um, an osteopath and to have my back looked at. And they said, well, you need to get fit. So this doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was like my wake up call. Cause I had been active and been fit growing up in Australia. Um, you know, I'd worked with trainers, I'd, done sports, all of the stuff that a lot of Australians will have done. Um, but I had completely let, let myself go. Um, so that sort of was the start of my rediscovering training and coming back to some kind of health myself, a lot of rediscovering um, my a bit of passion for movement and training. Um, and then I ended up taking my coaching certificates out of interest for myself rather with no kind of aspiration to actually end up coaching people. But um, I have a history of working in education and teaching. So uh, it sort of was that natural progression. People started asking me, can you teach me what you're doing? Mm -hmm. um, and so I sort of started with teaching a few classes here and there on the side um, and eventually got to the point where I realized like I'm working a corporate job and all the way, all the time during my day, I'm thinking about coaching and what I want to be doing outside of work. So that's when the transition happened and I ended up, um, going full time into the fitness industry and the most of my coaching work uh, now focuses on, um, rehabilitation and helping people build a positive relationship with movement and training. 
Yeah, that's interesting that you say that because I noticed on your Instagram profile, you say I help people out of pain and into potential. And I love that. And it's like your experience kind of gravitated you. Is that how to this kind of work? Like, how did you? Yeah, did you it was definitely. Yeah. So um, during the, the years of training, I have competed at a very high level in CrossFit uh, and in powerlifting. So I've represented Australia at the World Championships um, in, as a powerlifter, um, which was if you'd told the person who had hurt their back um, on a flight that one day you'll be representing Australia in a sport, she would have laughed at you. <laughs> but uh, during that process, I was like, I was enjoying training, but um, and I was enjoying the challenge of it. But I also kept having niggling back pain. And um, I actually came to a point about four years ago where I started thinking there has to be a more holistic way to train um, and there has to be better balance than just killing yourself all the time in the gym. Um, so like I had a good, I had good nutrition habits. I slept well and all of those things, but there was something missing. So the last few years has really been about um, bringing in some other methodologies and bringing back joy and play into training. Um, and most women that I work with uh, over the years are really high achievers, super busy. It's a very Dubai thing that we work all the time. We never have time off. We never take days out for ourselves. And when we do, it's like we just vegetate on Netflix or we go to a brunch or it's not actually like nurturing our soul. Yeah. So my, my belief is that training uh, can nurture the soul and it should. So it's really about educating women that you can be strong, you can train really hard, but it has to support you as a human. Because you see this, don't you? You see, I mean, you see this, I see this too, just people training, training, training six days a week, just sort of beating themselves down. And I guess then not wondering, wondering why it's not, they're not feeling better. Mm -hmm. So what do, you, what do you do when you, when you get women like that? Like what's your first steps to help them sort of realize? Cause it takes a long time. I've done it myself and it takes a bit to get out of the mindset that you have to go, 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 go. What do yeah. you, how do you do that? So um, this is where a little bit of um, coaching and psychology come into it. It's um, bringing someone to awareness of why they're making a decision. So often the training is a way to ignore stress at home and stress at life and all of those things. So if you can create a safe space and then like, yes, we can have that release. Sometimes we need to get angry and we need to throw things and we need to like, get that physical release um, but other times we need to create that space to slow down and to breathe so in a movement practice that is um, I'll incorporate understanding breath work and bringing awareness to actually being present in my body so I can be doing a strength movement but at the same time I'm trying to understand what muscles am I feeling how is my breath as I'm doing this movement? And it takes us out of the head and into the present moment. Uh, it becomes a little bit like a meditation practice once we're 
like a lot of clients will say, oh, that's the, my favorite time of the, of the week. Even though they're working hard in the gym, it's this moment where they can step outside of work and stress and commitments and all of those things and be present for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then starting to understand sometimes I come in and what my body needs today is not to kill myself. Yeah. Maybe I need to slow down and uh, move a little differently. Maybe I need to um, prioritize sleeping or some other type of movement um, because of other things that are happening in my life. And it's just having the grace for yourself mm-hmm. to allow that. How are, are, are most people able to do that when you work with them? Because I mean, we have written on Live Healthy a lot about addiction, exercise addiction, over-exercising, and the psychology of that. Are you able like, to break through that in most cases? Um, I've never failed so far, but it is usually, um, it's a process. Yeah. So in the beginning, um, it's kind of giving them what they think they want and then slipping in um, sort of education and giving them opportunities to experience different ways of doing things and over time usually it gets to the point where they realize oh I feel better I'm not in pain Um, I have more energy I have more patience in my relationships I'm showing up better at work I have uh, a sex drive like there's all of these layers that when I'm healthy I just feel so good um and that's the difference. Like when you're super, when you're like exercise addicted, training, overtraining, um, usually under eating, there's all of these negative health uh, consequences. And it's not until you feel the flip side and you feel how good you feel, then you're like, oh my God, what was I doing? <laughs> it's so crazy, isn't it? Because people are walking around that are doing that to themselves. And people who are very unhealthy are looking at them thinking, oh my gosh, I got to look like. I got to be like that. And then it's sort of this weird thing about our society that's going on that no one really talks about. Like there's these super fit looking people walking around who are kind of a mess in a way. Right? A hundred percent. We used to, it was a joke we used to say with, um, with athletes, it's like the dirty secret of athletes is there's, there's a painkiller addiction because they all wake up every day in pain. Yeah. Now, So from an outside person, you're like, they've got a six pack and they look so amazing and they're in a bikini on the beach and I want to look like that. Do you want to wake up in pain every day? Do you want to like have like uh, often it's not only you're in pain every day, you have like very, um, very short temper. You'll um, so your relationships are suffering. You'll have no sex drive. You have digestive issues. Um, a lot of for women, you're losing your period, which is like a symptom of a massive problem with your hormones. Yeah. And so from outside, it looks like this perfect thing, but underneath, it's really a problem. Yeah. So term. Sorry to interrupt you, but there's long term in- impacts too, right? Like. This is not good. This is not healthy for you in the long term. Yes. Why is that? Why is that? Well, so if you're having like those kind of issues with your like hormones and things, um, they can take years to correct, depending on how long 
um, it's been a problem and how long you've been like pushing your body like that. Um, for example, a, a close friend of mine has been trying to have a baby. She was killing herself in the gym and like was always worried about having six pack abs. And now it's been three years of trying to have a baby. And she's realized, oh my God, this is the consequence of not having my period and putting my body through that. Right. And now when your life situation starts to change, it's years of trying to correct it, nurture her body, start to support her body in the right ways. And like, that's the consequence. You don't realize that how bad it is for your body. And it's like, of course, the other, other situations with when, with the hormones all out of whack and you're not sleeping and all of those things that can be anxiety, depression, um, all kinds of other issues that come up. Um, and it just can't be good for you to punish your body like that. Dr. Uh, Rosalie Santu's on our expert panel. She said she has women coming in all the time and she can tell when they walk in the door that they go to, they, they're crossfitting six days a week and they can't get, and it takes, sometimes they never will agree with her that that is why they're not getting pregnant. They just are in denial. Cause I guess you missed the first period and you just kind of like, oh, and then what happens do you think? And well, the thing, one of the reasons why I created the Shiro Life is because I wanted to create a safe space for women to have yeah, these we're going to talk about that, your platform. So yes, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's because I had in my travels, I, I'm around really and over my learning in the last few years, I'm around really amazing experts and really high level athletes. And I was with a group of women a few years ago um, on a training camp. And out of six of us, three of them said they hadn't had a period in years. And I'm like, what? And all of them said when they'd spoken to a doctor, the doctor had said, oh, that's normal when women train really hard and are under eating or uh, like training like you do. Yeah, and but it's like, not normal to train really hard and under eat, I guess this is the point. Like, yeah, it's normal for abnormal behavior. Because something's common doesn't make it normal or healthy. Um, and that's that's the issue. And then in our industry, in the fitness industry, it's a mainly male-dominated industry. There's also most research is done on men, not on women. So it means the conversations aren't being had. So most women who don't have their period, they don't even think to, to mention that they don't have their period to their coach. It's normally a man. Yep. They're not, if you don't have a really well-informed coach who's saying, asking you, do you have your period? What is your sleep like? What's your libido like? What's your digestion like? Um, what, what's your poo like? Like all of those <laughs> are like health markers that a good coach is going to ask you those things. Okay. And they're going to make a really sure. really good point. A good coach is going to ask you those things. They're going to ask you all those questions. Yep. And if they're not, they don't understand how to support a human being healthy. Right. Because even a high level athlete, those things should be being considered. Right. Um, right. So you can train really hard. Like I was training six days a week, two times a day, and I still had my period. I still right. slept well. So then it's about how you, what's your nutrition like? How are you supplementing? But you have to keep tracking. And if that isn't part of the conversation, there's a problem. 
And I imagine it's different for everyone too. Is it like some women could train at your level and they would lose their, at that level and they might lose their period. And it, no, it right. wouldn't, no, it's you know. going to depend on how you're eating okay. and your recovery. So if I was eating less, um, usually it's an issue with like the nutrition side of things. Um, you're, you're just not supporting your body for the amount of work it's doing. Now, if you're for, for me training twice a day, I'm having to eat some at that time. I was having to eat upwards of 5,000 calories a day. Oh, that must've been so fun. <laughs> no, <it> wasn't. <laughs> I used to always joke. I'm like, I train so I can have the cake. That's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, it almost makes me want to do it, but I don't. Think <laughs> <laughs> but so tell me about the, the platform. Like, tell me about when you launched the platform, what, what it is, what, how people can get involved. Awesome. So the Shira Life uh, is a women's community and online education platform um, with a holistic health uh, and fitness um, center. We launched two years ago um, with live events in Dubai uh, and then COVID happened. <laughs> so um, obviously live events um, got canned for the year. So um, last year we really spent time building our online platform and the online education side of things. Uh, we offer online training um, programs and we do webinars and masterclasses. And finally this month, we're launching our in-person events again. So um, we partner with experts that we believe can contribute to um, women being whole and healthy and supporting themselves in a more holistic way. So we're teaching a um, pelvic floor workshop um, this month with in collaboration with DISC, um, the sports clinic. Um, we've got an amazing pelvic floor physio and a pre and postnatal Pilates trainer that will be co-teaching. Um, and what's funny is that came from um, me working with clients who had had kids and then like two years later going, oh, something doesn't feel right. And so I referred them to a clinic and um, I learned so much about like these breathing dysfunctions and issues with pelvic floor. And I'm like, oh my God, everyone should know this. And not just pregnant women. <laughs> so as women age, even if they don't have kids, they can have problems with their pelvic health. There's whole health, pelvic health departments now like Cleveland Clinic and Abu Dhabi has one it's it, I, I'm the same as you I didn't know <laughs> well and even if so I think it's because it becomes so obvious during pregnancy when there is dysfunction but um I have been doing a lot of research in the last few months because a, a few of my clients are now going through perimenopause so I'm researching that whole stage of life and a lot of stuff happens to women at that stage of life that commas I've never heard about. Yep. <laughs> so um, pelvic floor issues, and they're also quite common with athletes. They have um, muscles that are working and muscles that aren't, and then all kinds of issues that can come up. And so I was sitting through learning what from the girls who will be teaching the seminar, and I'm like, oh, like I'm practicing all the exercises and 
everyone needs to know this stuff. Everyone needs to um, know all this. Why don't we know yeah. this? <laughs> exactly. What is the pelvic floor? <laughs> so um, what we do is we have um, on the platform, we have uh, on-demand videos. So previous uh, workshops and things that we've done as members, you get access to those. Um, and then our live events, members get discounts for, and then um, so that they can, you know, participate live and learn in person, ask questions, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and then they're open for the public as well for registration as well. So we do those. We also do um, networking events, community workouts, just really trying to create opportunities for women to get together with other women who want to be better versions of themselves. So that's the Shira life. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> you, I'm curious because there's still such a fit influencer. I think mm. you've talked about fit influencers in your social mm -hmm. media. There's still such a culture of that. And I always bristle because there's so many people who are vulnerable, vulnerable to that. You know, there's so many women who are trying to get themselves. They don't know any, like when you work in this field, you kind of think people know more than they do. But anyway, exactly. where do you think that's at? Like the, the responsibility that people have to take for the things that they say and the honesty th with the way they present themselves, because there is this whole body acceptance movement too, that's lovely. So I'm just kind of wondering where you think it is all at from your perspective. And it's, I think at the end of the day, um, we have to be responsible for looking at what we're consuming. So we can't control the influencers that are putting out like what they think is the latest diet or the skinny tea or the all of that at the end of the day. And it's hard because there's so much bad information. Mm. And it's from these fancy diets that you should be having to like, all you need to do is eat less and exercise more to lose weight. And that's like, technically, yes, you need to be in a calorie deficit, but it's a much more complex conversation. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that because, you know, male trainers were always say oh, it's calories in, you know, I've interviewed people before multiple times and I, you know, I'm 50, these guys are like 30 or 28 or whatever. And they'll say, look, it's calories in, calories out. And I just look at them and think, yeah, but you look, don't look like you've ever had to lose a pound in your life. And I know that it's not, I know what I just, I love you when you said technically, because can you just explain that a little bit? Like calories so, in, calories out is a thing, but technically we have our, um, like your basal metabolic rate, you have the amount of calories that you burn to be alive, okay? And then you've got your amount of calories that on top of that, they're like any exercise and things you're doing. So then your calorie that you're consuming, calories a unit of energy, and that's how we measure food. So like people get all about like, how many calories did you burn in your workout? And it's like, well, it doesn't really matter. Um, when you're consuming food, it's like your fuel for your body's functioning. Now, when I say technically, yes, technically, you want to have, if you're trying to lose weight, 
you want to be at a slightly lower amount of calories you're consuming to the amount of calories of energy your body is burning in the same period of time. When I say technically, it's because there are so many other factors. So firstly, if you're at a deficit for a very extended period of time, your body's hormones and systems downregulate to lower your basal metabolic rate so that you're using less energy in your body, which is a terrible thing. And a lot of the female clients that I have um, and have worked with in the last 10 years, when I start asking them, what have you been eating? Most of them are chronically restricted with their food and then they binge because they're starving. Mm. And so they're in this restricted binge cycle, which is terrible, um, but they're not feeding themselves enough to support their body's functions. And that's when you have things like, um, like all this digestive distress and heartburn and all of these other things going on. And you've got like, and you're not getting like good bowel functions. Like those are all symptoms that something's not right with your body. Um, and on top of that, then if we're chronically stressed, if we're eating foods that are, um, we're having a reaction to, um, if we're training really hard and we're not sleeping, we end up inflamed. If we're constantly at a calorie deficit and we're high stress, our body is going to hold on to absolutely everything it gets because it's afraid that you're like, you're trying to kill it. You're like right? not giving it what it needs to function. So then I get people that come in and you can see they're like puffy. They're like puffy arms and puffy in the neck. And like, they just look like a little swollen yeah, and yeah. it's literally inflammation. Wow. wow. And so telling someone like that, just train more and eat less. Yeah. You're doing them serious damage. Right. Right. So that's why I say it's a much more complex conversation. And it kills me when people just say, just eat less. Cause it's like eating 1500 calories for me is like no food. Like yeah. I'm not, feeding myself enough food for me to function. So some small ladies that might be enough to cover what they need for some people, if you start going, I'm on 1500 calories a day, you're like not eating enough food for your body just to be alive. Yeah. So what, when you like, to, what's actually rest when you, when you want them to rest, what does that, you know what I mean? Like when you have someone in that situation, are they yeah. doing yoga? Are they doing Pilates? Are they walking? Like, how do you take them down? Well, first of all, I'm like, it depends on the person. Like it has to be some sort of enjoyment and it has to sort of bring them into them, their own body. So for me, it's like, um, often if it's someone who's like training a lot, like I'm training six days a week and I'm doing all of these classes, I'm doing back-to-back -back classes. That's like so common they do. I like, I do body pump and then I do a spin class and I do them back-to-back -back and I do it six days a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, for them, it's like, okay, instead of doing six days a week, we're gonna do four days. Okay. And we're gonna prioritize sleep. So you're gonna have proper rest days. Um, Often it's okay. Now, like we'll check, like, are you, are you walking? Are you just doing gentle movements? So I found out recently, I think like, this is amazing. Um, this, the science behind, um, there is this, like 
scientists that shared this with um, unilateral forward motion. So cycling or walking. Mm -hmm. um, so like outside on a treadmill, it's not gonna be quite the same. <laughs> outside it's that um, stabilization of your body and the lateral motion. It creates this lateral motion of the eyes. It actually helps to um, bring your parasympathetic nervous system um, um, activate. So really great for people who are really stressed in a sympathetic, so flight and flight response. Um, so walking um, or gentle cycling. I like walking because it's like you can't really do it too fast. Like you just um, put on a really relaxed like songs that make you feel good and breathe through your nose, nasal breathing. Okay. Um, I want to ask you about nasal breathing because I hear about that all the time. There's even people taping their mouths closed to sleep at night. Um, and I, I really want to get deeper into this for Live Healthy, but what, why? Um, so nasal breathing, there's like oh, so much information, but breathing through your nose helps with the parasympathetic state. So that rest recovery. Also, our nose is a filtration system. So um, in all the air that goes through our nose is filtered. It's not when it comes through our mouth. Okay. Also breathing in through our mouth stimulates our sympathetic nervous system. So you'll notice when people are stressed, they'll breathe through their mouth and it's short, fast breaths. When you're calm, you'll breathe through your nose. So um, often we get into this stress response we learn when we're young. Um, to like exercise is hard. <laughs> um, and then we never learn how to breathe correctly. So um, that's why it's like retraining, taping the mouth so that you can breathe through the nose. So it's a conscious action. It's like um, the, the discussion about habits. Um, when we create a new habit, we're trying to replace an old habit. It has to be conscious before it becomes unconscious. Okay. So to learn how to nasal breathe when you're used to breathing through your mouth, it's going to be a little uncomfortable in the beginning and you're going to have to think about it, mm -hmm. but it gets easier once you've been practicing it. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. I've been meaning to looking into that sleep thing, but for, in the meantime, I've just been trying to close my mouth. <laughs> yeah. So try walking and consciously thinking about breathing through your nose. Okay. Good tip. Very good tip. Um, how do you think women are doing like, you know, in this pandemic, even though things are much more normal here than they are in other parts of the world, but how do you think they're doing the ones that you see? Oh, I think a lot of people I've seen this year, there's like two extremes. There's some who have just gone deep into this hole of like, ah, um, but I have also seen, and it's been really beautiful to see a lot of women who have gone on this search to know themselves better. It almost was like the universe forced you to stop and like broke you apart a little mm -hmm. so that you could start discovering yourself more. Um, and it was, it's been beautiful to watch wow. in a lot of people. Um, wow. Here. yeah that's really nice to hear I love it um okay 
So thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, it's thesheerlife.com that, that yes. people can find you at. We have um, events coming up. So if you're in the UAE, you might be interested in our live events. Um, we have more coming onto the online platform as well. So even if you're not in Dubai, um, there's always more education coming up. We have online training. Um, we're launching next month a online program for beginners. So a if you've never trained before and you're kind of intimidated, there'll be an online program that's eight weeks. You can do at home with videos and everything and you'll get check-ins. Um, it's all in an online platform and it's quite cool. Um, and then we have, we're also launching a strong program. So for people with a little bit more experience and we'll be launching some in-person group training um, to teach people a little, get that community aspect and um, learn how to get strong, but in a really fun, supportive way. Thank you so much for telling us. That's great. It's great to hear what you're doing to get women out of pain, them strong and healthy, their hormones, right? I appreciate it. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.